Good morning, and I want to welcome each and every one of you to Game Changer Devotional, where we don't believe you show up on this call by accident. And uh, we want to remind you that uh, we would encourage you uh, to invite or uh, to uh, share the call-in number with anyone that uh, you think would enjoy being on this call. And uh, uh, like I say, it is uh, truly an honor to have the opportunity that we've had for the last year and a half, two years, however long it's been, to uh, share this call with, with folks all around the country. Um, this morning, I'm, I'm going to be uh, leading our devotional, and uh, I want to start out with um, a verse that, that uh, sometimes we, I think we just can kind of blow by, but it's Proverbs 3.27. It says, Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to do it. And so I want to talk to you a little bit today about uh, investments. When my son was uh, in junior high, he started junior high. The junior high was a 6th, 7th, and 8th grade school. And right after he started the 6th grade, I went to pick him up one afternoon, and he announced to me that he was going to be trying out for the football team. And uh, I had the usual conversation that I would with, with a lot of uh, a lot of parents who have their kids, and I reminded him that, you know, there were going to be a lot of people trying out for that football team. And, in fact, we found out there would be about 120 to 130 students that were trying out for what would only be 68 spots on the team. Uh, well, to cut to the chase, my son ended up making the uh, football team. And uh, that year I learned a lot uh, about junior high football. Uh, the first thing was it's underfunded a lot. And uh, I was amazed when I go to the, the uh, practice at the end of the day and and to pick up my son, that there are only two paid coaches there, and there's a volunteer coach. And they're, you know, basically trying to uh, wrangle cats, in my opinion, And but they're doing their best to keep everything on track and, and it organized. But standing on the outside and looking in over uh, most of that year of my son's sixth grade uh, year, I, I saw what uh, really wasn't a team atmosphere. And I watched them basically self-destruct throughout the season and, and right in front of me. Um, his seventh grade year uh, was uh, not a whole lot better. Uh, you know, I became a little more involved, and, and the team um, didn't have any parental support. I worked to get some of the parents to be involved. And uh, the head coach was really hesitant to listen about some of the ideas I had as far as trying to help him build teamwork. Uh, but... By the end of my son's seventh grade year, I developed a pretty good relationship with a lot of those young men on that football team. And I'd also developed a little bit of a relationship with a coach. Um, and I've been able to start mentoring some of those sixth and seventh graders. And, uh, and it's a few of the eighth graders, but not very many of them. Uh, they were kind of standoffish. So that summer I met with the head coach, and I, I told him I really had a desire to to work with these kids and bring these, you know, kids into a knowledge of what uh, being on a team is all about. And, uh, and I told him uh, that I would like to feed every player on every Monday afternoon after practice uh, with no expense to his program, and uh, I wanted to bring in somebody that would be a, uh, a speaker that would talk to them about teamwork. And I was able to do that through the help of a lot of people in the community and had a lot of people that would come in and, and former um, college and pro athletes that would speak to, to uh, these young men. Uh, but they all had one thing in common. They all uh, were God-fearing men and uh, Christians and, and well-known in the community for, you know, what type of person they, you know, they would be. 
Um, I even went out and I talked to a youth minister for the church that was adjacent to the, the property the school was located on, and we ended up uh, having a, a, a chaplain for the team, and he started, you know, working it out where we can invite those boys over to football practice on Wednesday night, and they would come straight from football practice. And, yeah, junior high boys with no shower, I'm sure that that was thrilling for some of those young ladies there. Uh, but nonetheless, you know, he worked it out where we could invite them to church. In that season, we saw those kids develop into something that was pretty remarkable. They ended up being undefeated the entire season in district champions. Um, and for them, that was their Super Bowl. Uh, some of those kids that, uh, you know, that were on that team uh, that year, uh, I still have relationships with them. In fact, some of those kids um, still call uh, me dad and my wife mom. Uh, but many of them didn't have a father in their life. Some didn't have anyone to take them home after practice. And others never had anyone attend a game with them. And so we were able to, you know, myself and several other parents were able to fill that void. But we made an investment in them. I got to thinking, well, how is that a lot of, you know, very much different than what we should be doing every day? And so the first thing I thought about what we did that seemed to be successful was uh, we invested in those boys through compassion. Colossians 3.12 says, Therefore is God's chosen holy and uh, people holy and dearly loved. Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Uh, and that, that's what we did and I, you know, with those boys, and I think that's what we have to do even in our workplace, uh, you know, and, and out of a workplace. Uh, there, there's a place for us to be compassionate out there, and I think we have to look for that. The other thing was is I know that we made an investment, and we were doing that, and we were sharing Christ with, with those young men. We weren't necessarily going out and, and uh, you know, sitting down with each one of them and talking to them, but, but we made the opportunity there. We got, we'd get them to church, and, and uh, we even at the end of the year, I worked with the church where the youth minister was from, to where we were able to provide every young man a Bible. And so First Thessalonians 2.8 said, So uh, we cared for you because we loved you so much. We were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. So we made the investment to, you know, to those, uh, with those guys through that. Then I think we had to realize that we were having to make an investment as being an example. Um, those young men, uh, some of them didn't have an example. And sometimes uh, you'll see this, you know, in the workplace or out in the community. There's people that just have never had an example of, you know, what they need to do. It's right. And Titus 2.7 says, and everything set them um, an example by doing what is good. And so as much as, uh, as I was competitive in high school, and I probably embarrassed my parents, and I know I was in college embarrassed my wife uh, because I was a little too competitive. I tried to make sure that I didn't act like that, and I set an example of how to, to, to be gracious and how to you know, be respectful to, to officials, and, and, uh, and that, that was tough for me. Even at my age now, it was tough to do that, but we tried to set a good example. And then the last thing is um, investment through encouragement. Acts 20, verse 2 says, he traveled through that area speaking many words of encouragement to the people. You know, I, I know that there's, there were times that we had to sit down with young men and we had to talk to them and say, hey, you've made a mistake or you made this choice and this wasn't the best choice you could make. 
but it's not the end of the world for you. Um, and we tried to encourage them not to let that one mistake uh, sink their ship. And so today I'm, I want to ask you, are you taking the time to invest into others? Um, and, and if you're not, I'm going to challenge you this week uh, to look at doing that. You know, there's opportunities all around us to be able to invest in others. We just have to have the, our eyes open, and we have to let the Holy Spirit lead us to those people. And I'll end with the Proverbs 3.27 again. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to do it. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day, and we thank you for the opportunities that you give us uh, each day to, to be around uh, different people, dear God. And, and I just pray that you would just help us realize who those people are that need uh, encouragement, dear God, who need direction. And uh, you would help us to invest in them, dear God. And sometimes those people can be hard to invest in. Uh, it seems like they may not want anybody to invest in them, but help us to find creative ways and opportunities to, to uh, you know, work with them and, and spend a little time with them and show them that, that we love them and that you love them and uh, that they're, they're worth that investment, dear God. Uh, I just pray that you would be with everyone on this call, dear God. Um, you know that there's needs out there that, that we don't specifically know about, but we lift those needs up to you, whatever they are, knowing that you uh, will take care of them. Keep everyone on this call safe as they're out and about working and uh, bring them back safely next week. These things I ask in your name. Amen.